Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the table at a dance competition? Exactly what are the judges looking for anyway? This is Making the Impact, a dance competition podcast. Each week, we'll cover a different topic related to the world of competitive dance from the perspective of the judges behind the table. If you've looked at your phone lately, chances are you've seen a lot of dancing, from commercials to viral videos. Dance on social media has exploded over the past decade, and it shows no signs of going anywhere anytime soon. Joining us today on Making the Impact are some of your favorite dance social media influencers to talk about their journey into this new way of sharing dance with the masses. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Making the Impact. I'm your host, Courtney Ortiz, and I'm here with my co-host, Leslie Mueller. Hey, Courtney. Hey, everyone. Happy Podcast Thursday. We're back with another episode of Making the Impact. Yes, we are, and it's season three, and we have a TikTok episode coming your way today. If you love TikTok, which pretty much everybody in the dance world, well, mm, I think a lot of people love TikTok. I think we're going to answer that question and that debate in this conversation today. (laughs) That is true. That is very true. Whether you love it, whether you hate it, TikTok is here. It's taken over the world, y'all. And we have some famous TikTok stars joining us on the podcast today that I can't wait to introduce and learn more about and hear their life story. So yay for TikTok and social media because it's truly taking over the world. But I'm excited. I'm excited to chat with you all today about this topic. And like always... It's time to hear from our sponsors for this episode, and I'm so happy to welcome Thrive Dance Experience as a brand new sponsor of our podcast. Dance conventions are a great way to train with some of the best dance educators around while getting a dose of inspiration and making lots of amazing memories. Thrive Dance Experience is offering just that. Registration is now open for their fall tour. This season, Thrive will be in Pittsburgh and Erie, Pennsylvania, Princeton, New Jersey, Charlotte, North Carolina, and Columbus, Ohio. Don't miss out on taking class from their amazing faculty. If you're passionate about dance and ready to thrive, then this is the convention for you. Use code THRIVE with IDA, that's all caps, THRIVE with IDA, to receive 5% off your registration. Get signed up now and get ready to thrive. For more information or to register, visit thrivedanceexperience.com. And remember, together we thrive. Thank you so much to Thrive Dance Experience for sponsoring this week's episode. As you may have heard on previous episodes, we have added an opportunity for you listeners to buy us a coffee. And now, as much as we really wish you could come to New York City and buy us a coffee, Courtney and I like Brooklyn Bagel Coffee. You can't come to New York and buy us coffee, but you could support the podcast by clicking on the link in the show notes. There, you can donate any amount that you choose, and it goes directly into the production of this podcast. So if you like what you hear, you appreciate what we're doing, and you want to show your support, you can click on the link in the show notes to buy us a coffee, and we would appreciate your support in any form. Yes, please support us there. We're so grateful for all of you fans. And by the way, if you haven't joined our Facebook group yet, be sure to join us there. We have over a thousand members and we chat all about dance, post our podcast episodes every Thursday in there, and ask for advice on future guests and topics straight from you, the fans and the listeners. So join us there now. We would love to interact with you. All right, everybody. I cannot wait to get into this episode because like I said at the start, we're talking about TikTok and social media today. 
And we have two spectacular TikTok stars joining us on the podcast. And I'm excited to first welcome this guest has 723,000 followers on TikTok. I'm excited to welcome Kasha Campbell to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. I know it's morning for you in Los Angeles. It is nearing the afternoon for us in New York, but I'm so grateful that you woke (laughs) up nice and early on the West Coast to join us on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Happy to be here. Yes. Well, uh, if any of the listeners out there have seen your videos, I'm sure that they know how much fun they are. You always are dancing alongside different, a lot of other TikTok stars, and they're just so much fun to watch. I absolutely adore you in every single video. And oh, I knew thank you'd, you. You're so <laughs> welcome. And I knew you'd be such a fun guest to have on the podcast. So for all of our listeners out there, do you mind just kind of giving everybody a little rundown of who you are, where you're originally from, any career credits that you want to share? And we'll dive a little bit deeper after our bios to uh, learn more about your TikTok journey, I would say. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. That'll be exciting. <laughs> so yeah, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. So hello, everybody. I am from Lehigh, Utah. If you don't know what where that is, it's where they filmed the original Footloose. Yes. So, <laughs> that's like the one credit that <laughs> Lehigh has. Little small town. Not as small as it used to be. I used to joke and say that we would race tractors there like they do in the movie. <laughs> yes. People get a kick out of it. We don't, though. <laughs> but yeah, from Lehigh, I've been dancing since I was three years old, just kind of following in my sister's footsteps. My parents are not dancers, so it was just kind of this unknown world that I got thrown into. But yeah, danced competitively at a dance studio, you know, four or five days a week after school every single day. On top of that, did a little bit of cheerleading, you know, just to kind of have some of the fun social side of things in school. Then ended up going to college for a couple years, studied dance there. I was on some dance scholarships, which was nice, you know. Mm-hmm. Cheers for your debt free. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so did that to get some of the college experience. And then I was kind of at like a turning point in my life where I was like, okay, I don't really want to continue studying dance in school. I kind of needed a break, something to switch things up. I ended up auditioning for a Disney show. It's a touring company called Feld Entertainment and ended up booking a lead on this brand new show they were opening. If anybody knows who Sophia the First is, I am friends with her. <laughs> I'm friends with Sophia the First. She's a little eight-year-old princess and my five-foot height came in handy for yes. that role. <laughs> Shorties forever. Yes, yes. So yeah, ended up touring with that show. Then from there, they asked me to go on to a different show. And then another one, I was uh, friends with Tinkerbell on that show. Yes. And, <laughs> and you know, it was so much fun. I did that for three years and I got to tour internationally and nationally. And then I ended up, you know, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of sick of living out of a suitcase, moving on to the next steps in life. And it was like the first time in my life where I wasn't like tied down to anything. Like I wasn't in a contract for, you know, school. I wasn't dating anybody, like just nothing. And I was like, you know what? I've always thought about moving to LA. So I feel like now's the time to do it. And literally like, you know, everything just kind of fell into place. Ended up moving out to LA, signed with an agency. And yeah, now I've been out in LA for, I like just hit my five-year mark. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to think that I've been out here for this long, but. Yeah, I've just been out here living the the dancer lifestyle. You know, it has its ups and downs for sure. There's, you know, 
peak seasons. There's also the the dead times where there's no auditions going on. But it's been really fun. It's been, you know, it's been a good time. I've been I've made really great friends out here and I've had some really cool opportunities um working as a professional dancer. Uh I've done some TV film things, some well-known shows people probably are familiar with. I've done This Is Us, Penny Dreadful, uh Goliath, I'm trying to think of like other well-known shows possibly that people would know. Uh but yeah, just working as a dancer. I get booked as a cheerleader a lot. Apparently, I look like a snobby high school cheerleader. So that's like my typecast. Right. <laughs> Which is very unfortunate. I'm like, come on. <laughs> I'm a nice girl. <laughs> I'm a nice girl. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's, I think that kind of rounds it off. And then obviously, we'll get into social media things. That's kind of taken off this last, last little year during pandemic times. And yeah, now just kind of doing that on top of what I do and the two worlds have collided and I'm still getting to do what I love. So cool. Yeah. Love that. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing your life story with us. And yes, I cannot <laughs> wait to watch some of your videos and chat more about TikTok. So thanks for being on the pod. Yeah, thanks. All right. And our next special guest is joining us on the podcast, TikTok star with 59,000 followers on TikTok, and he has some of the most hilarious videos when it comes to the dance world, whether it's dance moms or dancers themselves in the competition world, or even being a dance competition judge. So much fun to watch. You have to go check it out right now. And we're going to watch some on the podcast as well. But I'm excited to have Nick Silverio on the podcast with us. Welcome, Nick. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Of course. And I know you're a New Yorker like Leslie and I. Yes. Yay. Yes. Here on the Upper East Side, living my Gossip Girl fantasy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're right over the water from you. We're in Queens. So. Oh, that's, I don't do bridges, but that sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's a ferry. A there is a ferry. <laughs> uh, there is. Ooh. Ooh, I'll put you on the ferry. Boats. We can come get coffee over here in Astoria. Yeah. <laughs> well, Nick, we're super excited to have you and truly love watching your videos on TikTok. I'm sure so many of the listeners are familiar. And if you wouldn't mind sharing with all of our listeners out there a little bit about you, who you are, where you're originally from, uh, any career credits you'd like to share. And yeah, tell the world. Yeah, totally. I grew up in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. I'm a New England boy. And I grew up just like Kasha at a dance competition studio. So I, I like begged my mom to compete when I was seven years old. And I competed for you know my entire childhood and through high school. And then I, I loved it. I mean, it's like the most unique, absurd experience that we go through as, as competitive <laughs> dancers. And I just absolutely loved it. And it really shaped who I am. And then when I looked into going to college, I wanted to dance, but I also was a gigantic nerd, and which is a good thing. And I was like, I don't know if going to school for dance is like the right thing for me. So I ended up applying to dance schools and business schools because I thought business was the most sort of generally applicable. And I chose a business school. I went to the University of Pennsylvania, but they had a dance company that was really, really like high level that I could continue my training. So I was able to keep dancing in school. And also because it wasn't a dance program, I like got financially and thank God. <laughs> and so dance, I did a year at Penn. I took a gap year to pursue my dance career in the city. I felt this like crazy FOMO. And so I like went to an agency audition for Clear Talent Group and I got signed when I was 18. 
and I'm actually still with Clear seven years later. Yeah. I just re- I just revealed my age, but I have stuck with them for so long. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, that's a sign I should be a dancer. So I've I I took a gap year. I danced a lot. I did America's Got Talent. I did two national tours. Um, at Alpha Musical, I got my Actors Equity card, and then I went back to college. I graduated. Very thankful and proud of myself for doing that. And then I've been working in New York for the past three years straight as a dancer. I've done uh, a lot of TV and film. I've done Saturday Night Live, Girls 5 Eva, The Gilded Age, and then a lot of theater work as well. Billy Elliot Musical at Goodspeed, La Cajo Full at three separate regional theaters. So sort of that 50-50 split of the classic New York like commercial and theater dancer. And then in the last year, I've really, you know, not been able to have a dance career too too much because of the pandemic, but I've pivoted to TikTok, which we've we we will talk about. And I've also co-founded um, a business called Artswork, which is a peer-to-peer basically referral network for artists, making the that word of mouth referral that we do to get so many jobs just a lot easier. Wow. Oh, I love that. That's so smart. Thanks. I'm excited to check it out. <laughs> yeah. So everybody go check that out, all of our professional dancers and artists out there. Is it just for like connecting with the New York scene or is it like United States, like anybody? Yeah, we just launched it in July. So it's pretty brand new, but it's definitely primarily New York. We've got a lot of LA dancers on there, but we've also got a lot of dancers and artists who are in like suburbia where it's harder to find community and harder to find you know, connections. And so I think that's really valuable too. So regardless of where you are, you know, the more the merrier. And you can join on artsworth.com. It's completely free to join. And it's just a great way to connect with your community, find and refer jobs. Love it. Oh, I'm gonna make a profile after we're done. Yeah. Cute. (laughs) Great, y'all. Well, I'm pumped for this episode. Can't wait to chat TikTok. Let's do it. Amazing. All right. Well, we heard a little bit about y'all's backgrounds, but I am curious, since we are a dance competition podcast, we talk a lot about competitive dance. What were your experiences like as a competitive dancer? You know, did you go every week? Did you go every weekend? Were you always there? Were you really, really good? Or were you getting a bronze? I mean, I would love to hear. I would <laughs> love to hear. They were fierce. They got like titanium, <laughs> double, triple oh, platinums. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so I was not good to start. It like you go through phases as a dancer where you you obviously hit puberty and you like find your strengths and everything changes. I feel like I was a great little junior because I like did a lot of kicks and turns and flips. And then puberty, as it is for so many boys, is just disastrous. So like I grew 10 inches in a year oh my God. and had and I like, oh. broke my pelvis because my hamstring Holy pulled cow. a piece of the bone off. What? Um, so I was like on crutches ah. my junior year of high school. Like oh my God. it just like, it's like you have a whole new body. You know what I mean? So then it took me a few years to learn how to use my giant lanky man body. Um, <laughs> so I think you go through like phases in it, but I like, I mean, I loved competing. I only got to do maybe four or five regionals a year and then nationals every two years, which is a nice balance. I was always jealous of the kids who got to do like eight or 10 regionals, mm-hmm. but that's so much money. Like, yeah. I am just always thankful to my mother for, uh, I had a single mom and thankful for her for helping me to, you know, pay my fees. And my dance teacher who gave me a scholarship, I was like cleaning toilets and mirrors at the studio wow. for free tuition. So comp <laughs> is hard, right? It comp is so expensive. Studio training in general is so expensive. So Anytime I was able to perform on a stage, I was thankful. Oh, that's so nice to hear. And so great that your 
you know, your mom and your studio owner were behind you, you know, with wanting to pursue this. Mm -hmm. That's cool. My turn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So unlike Nick, I did not go through that growth spurt phase. (laughs) Five feet tall? (laughs) I have been the same size since sixth grade. So have me and Courtney. We're shorties or all of us. Yes. No change. So I can't relate in that sense, um, but I can relate to how he was talking about with his mom. Like my mom, you know, and my director, they like just work together to make it possible for me to dance. I think my director and dance teachers, which like her, her daughter was my like main dance teacher. And I think they looked at me as like an investment almost. Like I think they saw that potential Mm -hmm. in me because I did, I started dancing when I was three, but I didn't start competing until I was like seven or eight. And I ended up switching to this studio called Hot Shots. Incredible. So if you're listening and you're from Utah, they're the best. Hot Shots? Hot Shots. Okay. Well, please hold because my studio growing up was also called Hot Shots. No way. (laughs) No way. That's hilarious. (laughs) Except I wasn't in Utah, obviously, and I didn't go to your studio. But (laughs) Not right. Right. That's funny. I've never heard of another studio. I love um, that. Yeah, okay, we got continue. called hot snot sometimes, which I was offended by because oh I thought we were nice, but you know. <laughs> it's because um, you were good and they everyone didn't like they were just intimidated. That's all. Yeah, it's they were intimidated for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I ended up competing around eight years old and I think they saw it from that point. Like I was always either the youngest or the shortest on my team. And I like that first year, they ended up putting me on the company, like kind of, you know, integrating me into like the company dances because I think they were like, oh, she can keep up with this. Bring um, the age down I was a little always, bit. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Helps them out too. But yeah, I think they just saw that potential. I was always known as like, they, I always, anytime I go to like auditions or I do my solos or something, I always got told I was like a powerhouse dancer Mm -hmm. because I was just like this little energizer bunny I could tumble and I was like a leaper and a turner and yeah I think just through competition time I didn't even start doing solos until I was in high school just because how Nick mentioned it's so so expensive like just to walk on the floor is like an individual it can be (laughs) like over a hundred dollars I don't know yeah you look back and I'm just like wow and then the costumes and just all the fees that add up you know, so I didn't always get to do all of the numbers, like sometimes because, you know, they bring in guest choreographers from places and it would cost a little extra. And my mom would be like, hey, I'm sorry, like, you can't be in this one. But I'm so grateful for all of the numbers I was able to be in and all the experiences being able to go to like competition and then the conventions and just having that experience. I feel like I've learned a lot from it. You know, you not just learning technique and the dancer side of things, but you learn a lot of discipline and responsibility. and I think both are just equally as important. So yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I honestly miss competition days. I like randomly, I'm like, oh, good times. Like as stressful as it was and as exhausted as I was and like how, you know, Nick mentioned like these injuries, like I always, I had like broken toes or I messed up my back at one point, but it's like you fake it till you make it and you push through it because you're just like, oh, this is my life. Like I have to do it like no matter what. So Yeah. yeah. Totally. And here we are. And here we are. Still still doing our thing. (laughs) And here we are. And I I love hearing that you both grew up in the competition dance world because it is really inspiring for, I think, a lot of young dancers that watch your TikTok videos and you on social media to see like what your career, like what's come out of your career when you were one of them at a point in time. You were a comp kid. And I, I always love that 
because I feel the same way. I grew, and Leslie and I both, we grew up doing competitions and, you know, now we have a career and it's like, hopefully give, giving back to the generation and showing like being an inspiration to them. Like, this is what you can do. And now with, the, I mean, you both are obviously professional dancers and have had beautiful and successful careers that are still happening to this day. But it's so interesting how you both pivoted during a time like the pandemic to go to TikTok and create something there and continue to be the artist and show your expression and show what you have to give to the world through this crazy social platform. I mean, let's let's talk about social media a little bit. Let's and we we mentioned Leslie, you mentioned this before we started on the podcast today. Y'all are a little bit younger than Leslie and I and social media (laughs) is this like new thing. (laughs) It's not new because it's been around for a while, but it's when I was a teenager, there was no social media. Zero, Mm -hmm. nothing, nothing. So you guys grew up with a little bit of social media in your your competition years, right? MySpace. MySpace. Oh my God, MySpace. YouTube. For like two years and then Facebook. Yeah. I loved MySpace. I learned how to code so I could change yes. <laughs> my profile on MySpace. We were all coders. Right? We, we were, were coders. all HTML we were coders. All, <laughs> we were all so cool. Like, how? what? How yeah. did I like, I studied how to change yes, the HTML correct. code to make my background pink with glitter sparkles on it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Engineering like, majors. Yes. Crazy. <laughs> Mine and, was always themed too. Like, I remember I had, you know, that song from Clueless, the I want to be a supermodel. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had that song. My background was like Vogue and like makeup and stuff. And yes. then my picture, I was like the classic like, yes. yes. You know. <laughs> She's doing a peace sign and like a duck peace face. Peace sign with the side duck face. <laughs> yes. Yes. So. And MySpace like killed me with the whole like top eight. Oh, yeah. Like, rate those friends. Oh, yes. The Don't. drama. The drama. The drama. Oh, my. But gosh. like, yeah, I mean, that came around when we were adults. And so mm-hmm. for you guys to have had that as kids, you know, I'm I'm just so curious because I think YouTube came out in 2005. So I was in college. And at the time, we barely used it. You know what I mean? Not for not for dance purposes, not for sharing what you're doing purposes. You know, it was very much just like the silly meme videos and like things had nothing to do with what we did for a living. But now and as y'all have grown up and gotten into, you know, now it's 2021. It's been a part of your life the whole time. And it was an active way to share with the world what you do. It was an active way to learn what other dancers are doing. And I'm just curious, as y'all grew up, like middle school, high school, what was your experience with social media? Were you already using it in terms of the dance world? Or was it more just like outside looking in? I think the most I use because I mean, I feel I honestly kind of like that I didn't have as much social media like through high school and stuff. I remember I got Instagram. I mean, this might age me now too. When was Instagram? <laughs> I think I got Instagram my freshman year of college. Oh. Like, and it was back then, even then people weren't really posting videos. It's more right. just like the pictures with the filters on right, it. Right, right. Yeah. You couldn't so, post No, there wasn't a yeah. capability. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. It was just pictures. Yeah, you're right. It's just photos. all photo grid. <laughs> so yeah, I had that. So I mean, the most I would use YouTube for was usually to watch. I was obsessed with So You Think You Can Dance. Mm-hmm. And I would utilize YouTube to go back and either find the music they used or to rewatch those dances. And like me and my friend, we were, we would like learn every single routine and then we'd like 
you know, record ourselves doing it. Oh, wow. (laughs) Basically what I'm doing now in my 20s, you know. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) On a different platform. (laughs) On a different platform. Um, But yeah, I feel like that for me, that was probably the most, or I'd like, you know, just to look up dancers if I had heard of it. And then you kind of get down a rabbit hole of watching America's Best Dance Crew and all the other dance shows going on. But yeah, other than that, I didn't really go to it for much. I don't know if it was different for Nick, but... I feel like I I was a late adopter to Instagram for sure. I got on Instagram when I was in high school. Maybe I was like 16 and it was just photos. YouTube though, I remember more because I remember like the first, you know, viral competition videos. Yes. That was like the My Boyfriend's Back. Yes. I was the, just going to say that. <laughs> the, the Scott Merrick and Ashley Gonzalez mirror duet. You know, like those like the Strictly Rhythms, mm-hmm. like the, the like, you know, heyday of like 2000s dance comp like I remember seeing that and that was the first time that I had something to compare myself to and like to aspire to in a productive way where I was like oh I want to be that good or I want to like learn that trick and so it was really helpful because you know you grew up in your little dance studio bubble and then you're like well people are my age and they're doing crazy things all over the world and so I'm like and producing really cool art so I think it was, it just got me so driven. I was like, I want to get so good. Like I want to train. And I, I noticed that shift in high school where I was, I really was like, you couldn't take me out of the studio, like get me there six hours a day as much as possible because of YouTube. I'm so glad you brought that up and it it couldn't be more perfect because we literally just had Molly Long on, on our first episode of the season. And we Sick. we talked exactly about what you just said about YouTube. And she mentioned that a lot of her videos started going viral on YouTube back when competitions, it was like the cool new thing to post mm-hmm. the winner from whatever regional event. And it just so happened to be her dancers. And then she started to get, you know, viral famous because this competition posted her video on YouTube. And I what you said is is so real and so important because that was our first taste of seeing everyone else besides So You Think You Can yeah. Dance, which was new at the time as well when like YouTube came out, like where we get to watch it on primetime TV, all of these fierce dancers from around the country, but like doing solos and like some group dances and stuff and like learning about different choreographers that exist outside of our studio or at dance conventions. But then YouTube like opened up the world for us to see these smaller studios that are just killing the game wherever they are at around the country and Mm -hmm. being that inspiration. Like the only time that you would see your competition or other studios is when you went to a live competition and were competing against them. Now it's becoming this virtual world of, oh, well, I want to win first place because my video is going to be posted on YouTube and then the world's going to be able to see my video and see how great my studio is. And now that's the life we live. Like on on a daily, pick up your phone right now. You can watch any video you want. You know what I mean? Right. It's crazy how it's evolved. And this is probably what, 10, 15 years 15 ago? 15 years later, yeah. Yeah. YouTube as well. I think everybody in the beginning was trying to like figure it out. And I, in a way, I think some choreographers, like I even know some too, where they, I think they were hesitant to even post yes, stuff. because. Right. You know, it's the whole bring it on thing where you're like, oh, I don't want my choreography yeah, stolen. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So you almost didn't want to share it. And so it was kind of this like, oh, mm-hmm. testing the waters. And then now it's crazy. Like now you want to post everything because it's like, that's how people see your choreography and kind of get to know who you are if you're not like a, you know, a more high up working choreographer. But yeah. 
That's a good point. We're probably going to do an episode on just that, on, you know, stealing choreography and, you Mm. know, branding of your own work and like that kind of thing, because that's, I I can still understand even in in this day and age where like we share everything, that push and pull of like, do I share it? Is it going to get stolen? Am I going to get credit? Is, you know, somebody going to monetize this and I'm not getting the credit? And I think Mm. we can speak to some TikTok stuff about that too. Oh, yeah. Because I know that's a huge thing. And I know, and I know about the TikTok. I don't watch the TikTok, but I know enough to know that, (laughs) you know, plagiarization is a big thing. But so let's jump into TikTok. Let's hear some TikTok origin stories from you guys, because I'm just so curious whether this was pandemic related that y'all got so big or whether it happened before and then it just blossomed from the past year and a half. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of when I didn't get it my TikTok at the beginning of pandemic. I kind of waited it out a little bit, but I had so many friends who were like, Kasha, you, you have to get TikTok. Like this is your app. Like, Mm. I think this is it. Cause I already like on a daily basis, just on my story and my Instagram, I would post just dumb stuff, just me doing stupid things. I'm like, I have no shame just doing whatever. (laughs) And, and then just dance videos. I just love doing like little goofy dances. And they're like, I think you could do really well on this. I didn't get it for the longest time because, you know, I don't want to be glued to my phone. I'm like, I already have an Instagram. I had a Snapchat at that point. And I'm like, that's good. I had Twitter, never got on it, but I could say I had a Twitter. But I finally was like, okay, yeah, I'll just like see what it's about. I remember I made a TikTok and I didn't even post my first TikTok until probably like a month, month and a half later. Like it just sat in my drafts (laughs) because I was trying to figure out TikTok. Like there's all these effects and stuff. And I, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a learning curve for sure at least in the beginning. And then, yeah, I remember I was in Utah quarantining at the at the moment. And I was like, I remember it was like late and I was like, okay, I think it's time. I'm just going to post it. And if you guys don't know already, anybody who's listening, I'm obsessed with Britney Spears. I have been since I was little. <laughs> and so that was the idea I came up with. I had bargain shopped at this Urban Outfitter store. I got the oops, I did it again costume. Yes. And when wow. I say bargain, like you, you can't bargain at Urban Outfitters, but I somehow bargained <laughs> with the people there. And they sold me this outfit that was like originally 100 marked down to 80. They sold it to me for 20 bucks. Because I think they, they knew how obsessed I was with it. And it was the last <laughs> one. And they were like, you need to have it. Like it fits you like a glove. Just take it. Anyways. Shut up. So <laughs> I had this full, it's like all sequenced. And I did, I came up with the idea. I was like, oh, that'll be my caption is oops, I got a TikTok. Like, that'll be my way into it. And I do a transition video where I, like, transition into my outfit and I'm doing the Oops, I Did It Again dance. Like, that was it. And it, like, did really well overnight. And I had so many people who were like, oh, like, we want to follow you if you're going to be posting more like this. And so then it's kind of all of a sudden I was like, oh, crap, here's the pressure. Now I have to, like, top this one. Right. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, kind of just started posting from there. And, I mean, if you go back to my beginning videos, I think I was just – trying to figure it out. I was yeah. doing some trends. I was doing like, it wasn't just all dance stuff. Some were like a hair curling tutorial and just goofy, silly things. As you guys probably have seen those trending dances that go around, you kind of just pick up on it and then try to make it your own a little bit without kind of how we were discussing taking choreography. You always DC, which means dance credit. Okay. You always make sure to give the person dance credit so that way it's not you're trying, you know, taking credit for yourself. But yeah, it's just crazy. I honestly don't know how things have happened how they have. I just continued posting during time and I wouldn't say it was like a super consistent thing. It was just kind of like when I wanted to make a fun video, I would make it, post it. 
And now the following has continued to grow, which has been incredible, just just kind of organically, but also very unexpected. And I'm still figuring out as I go. I think people <laughs> think I have it down. Like they're like, oh, how'd you how'd you get to where you're at? I'm like, I have no idea. I really don't. That's that's my answer is I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, did that answer your question? Totally. Uh, yeah. I started rambling. Well, and you know, that's I think that is a question that people are gonna have or that do already have is like, was this a concerted effort to do this or did it just happen? You know, and people always are wondering right. about that. So like, so that just happened for you. It was just fun and it just happened. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, before you tell us yours, can we watch your video? I have it pulled up. Kasha, the Brittany. Oh, yeah. <gasps> you do. It. Is it the oops? I did it again one or is it the side by side where I'm. Ooh, I don't have the side by side. Which one do you want? Show the first one because we just discussed it. Maybe we could show the other one later. I look crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> is it? <laughs> You're so fierce. <laughs> that jumpsuit is fierce. <laughs> so fierce. I oh, spent, my God. I spent hours doing that. I did my hair like hers. I had this liquid eyeshadow that I literally streaked in my hair to make it look like mm-hmm. I had highlights like her. Shut, oh, my God. The eyeshadow. <laughs> I went full out. But it literally took me all day because I right. couldn't figure out how to do transitions. and. Yep. I just slammed my phone, like, stuck to the window. I'm like, okay, nobody touch it. Like, let's figure it out. It's fierce. I've definitely seen that one before. Growing up and still to this day, one of my favorite parts of the dance season are dance conventions. There are so many wonderful companies out there, but right now I want to give a huge shout out to Thrive Dance Experience. This fall, they are kicking off their one-day dance conventions and registration is now open. Don't miss out on taking class from industry leaders such as Kelsey Nelson, Michelle Tolson, Gio Hubuela, Megs Alfonso, Michael Crawford, Chip Abbott, and so many other great instructors. By the way, we have an exclusive promo code that you can use now. Use the code THRIVEWITHIDA. That's all caps, THRIVE with IDA to receive 5% off your registration. Get signed up now and get ready to thrive. For more information or to register, visit thrivedanceexperience.com. Nick, give us the rundown. How did you get into TikTok? Okay, gosh, I feel like we had a pretty similar like yeah. introduction to TikTok. As you were describing it, like, I did not want to download TikTok. (laughs) I was like, this isn't for me. I'm an old person compared (laughs) to, like, the people who I thought were using it. And it just, like, I I feel like I'm a late adopter to new things like that. And so uh, during the the panorama, I was living in my mother's (laughs) basement. I, like, moved. I was doing a show in Florida. And I flew home to avoid New York completely. And I was living in my mom's basement in Rhode Island for three months and it was just like a gradual descent into madness. So I decided to do- document that <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to make a TikTok, but I didn't want to dance on TikTok. Like I am a dancer and like, I don't know why I felt that I, I was like, no, I'm not going to dance. I, I'm going to, I'm going to tell a story. Like basically just like tell a story, describe a very specific situation. I forget. I honestly don't know what my first TikTok is. I think it was, I think it was like when you're waiting to, we are waiting to hear what your score was or like what adjudication medal you got. And you like really thought you were getting like a double, triple crystal platinum. 
And then you get like, and then you get like a high silver and you like pretend, you pretend to be happy, but you're not happy. And I just, people like really resonated with a very niche, niche Mm -hmm. demographic. Like it is so deeply specific. And so then I just sort of started thinking like, what are other things that we experienced as dancers growing up that like truly almost no one else experiences? Like sometimes like figure skaters or gymnastics, like they can experience similar things. But like when it comes down to it, like there are some things that you only know if you're a comp dancer. Um, It's very like, if you know, you know. And so I just sort of like brainstormed those things and tried to make them funny. And so it was much less of like people hear that I have a TikTok and they think that I'm dancing on it. I'm like, actually, I think it's called like a comedy TikTok, (laughs) which is hysterical for like to me to think about. But I didn't like try to gain a following. I just tried to share like the most specific instances and make them funny and make people laugh. And like when people, you know, when people comment, they're like, this is exactly my entire childhood. (laughs) I'm like, great. That was that was my entire mission. That was my goal. Nailed it. You know what I mean? Success. So yeah, I also don't know how it grew. Like whenever videos do go viral, like I never know why you really think that like, this is it. Like this is the video that like kills it. And it does fine. And then the video that you spent like no effort or time on gets it too many views (laughs) it doesn't make make, there's no way to like plan it there's it it doesn't make doesn't make any sense um like i think my most watched video is my replication of maddie ziegler's cry solo from like that should not have done well like that's not (laughs) you know what i mean so you just don't know but you keep doing it to make people laugh oh my it is funny because people will they will ask that they'll be like how do you i've literally had people email me being like hey like Mm -hmm. How do you make a video go viral? I'm like, there's not I steps. Because yeah, there's no steps. Because yeah, you could spend so much time on one video and like with tr- cool transitions and editing and all that, and it's like, eh, it's all right. And then like my video that went viral, it went all over Reddit and crazy. Was me getting stuck in a mm. stupid chirp wheel. I was an idiot and thought <laughs> I could put this yoga wheel thing over me, and I got stuck in it. Oh my god! And I'm just uh-huh. panicking. My sister happened to be filming, and it like. It skyrocketed. Oh, I, and I that, saw that. Oh yeah, I watched that. That was me. <laughs> That's you. That was me stressing because I'm like, we're. I at one point, I'm like, I don't want to have to call the firemen. They're gonna think I'm dumb. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> but completely undance related. But yeah. it's just sure. It's, it's weird. It's just what people, you know, right? Find find yeah. funny or just enjoy and entertaining so. and shareable. Yeah, sure. what people like. Fine. Like whatever's the most shareable is usually, I think that's like how the algorithm works. Like the mm. more it is shared, the more right. it will go viral, right, right. you know? Well, and I think Nick, you said something that makes total sense, not only with social media, but with just content in general, you know, whether that's mm. dance, music, pop culture, anything. If you have a niche, if you're doing the thing that's not for everyone, but it's for someone that will take off in the right group of people. And like you somehow reached that right group of people who you know, yeah, it's not the football players. They're not watching this probably, but it's anybody who ever set foot on a dance competition stage and knows what you mean by triple mm-hmm. titanium, platinum, mm-hmm. you know, that they know, <laughs> they know what that means. They know why it's funny. Yeah. I mean, I would love Courtney, if you have anything pulled up from Nick's TikTok to I, take a little look-see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like that we should at least watch your very first one since we watched Kasha's very first one. Okay. <laughs> I honestly this don't know what this fun. is. Is it funny? Is it even it funny? Is. It's, oh, God. It says, when you choreograph your own solo for nationals to show the judges who <sighs> you are. 
Is it a good one? Oh my god. <laughs> it's, it's it's funny. It's funny. Okay. I don't know. Oh gosh. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. Let's, let's do it. Oh, he's right. The showstopper's <laughs> background. <laughs> it's incredible. Right. Oh, jar of hearts, of course. Entry number 375, Nicholas with medicine. Oh, medicine. Great. <laughs> you pretend you're just lying. You're just lying yeah. to all your friends. Like, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. I In love like it. the Joe and Jack's track jacket. Yes. The zip up. And there's obviously a trillion million more. What were some of the ones that we loved that we were watching? I oh, love all the dance the, moms so, ones. I like the dance moms ones, yeah. but I really like the one where you were doing you were doing your top ten least favorite or top five uh, least favorite oh, dance competition moves. Because oh, I was like, this one, he's gonna I kill him broke all. my body. <laughs> I never, I never dance on TikTok, but I like broke my body doing this. <laughs> That's amazing. So dancers, he's doing a toe stand walkover. He's doing one of those like split things where you like split your legs and the land on your back. Yeah, it's just, it's just <laughs> all the things. Or it's, how about this? I haven't listened. I haven't. I mean, all the Dance Moms ones are so good. That concludes the Senior Elite Advanced Diamond American League solos. Great job, dancers. Next up, the Novice Intermediate Sapphire Secondary Primary Rookie and or Little League Duet Trio. (laughs) (laughs) That's awful. It's like... It's so good, though. It's It's like, you know, it's like... You know what, comps, there's like 15 different categories of levels. Like, you just... I just was like... I went home the other day to like my old dance studio, Elite in Massachusetts, and I oh, yeah. sat in my dance teacher in her office, and I just just like just pretend I'm not here, just like yeah. literally pretend I'm not here. And like moms came in, you just and, did like, research. Teachers, stud- I just like was like, can I Genius. record this? <laughs> like this is market research. Yeah. Like I'm not here. Right. This oh, isn't gosh. happening because I like I was like, what else is going on? Like what are the issues? Yeah. What are the crazy things that happen? You know? Yeah. And the moms. Right. And that's where so many of these dance mom videos we love you portraying dance moms <laughs> and have, which we, we love you dance moms for sure. but for mm-hmm. sure we love you. It makes those videos just so like you said it's a comedy it's it's just for fun like but sometimes it's so real these I mean that's why it's so funny that's really like when comedy is funny is yeah. when you can relate to it and it's so spot on that you're like oh my gosh I, I can't get enough of it oh thank you I appreciate it I have a question for Kasha and I'm probably will put this video up and this was one that Leslie requested which is we and you guys kind of briefly talked about like the learning curve of TikTok and like trying to figure out how to use the edits and the transitions and like all the filters and things that you can do to make TikTok what it is that I think is really cool. And like, I'm going to be completely honest. And I don't know if Leslie, if you've admitted it yet, but over here, I'm not a TikToker. I have felt the same way that you guys both said when you started off, well, I wasn't gonna download it. And I really didn't want to download it. Like, that is still how I feel like two years later, since TikTok has been born into the world i have not downloaded that app honestly i hear about it i watch don't do it watch it through instagram like you said kasha it's it's another thing to be glued to it's another thing to be creating content for and spending time on 
And I am also a very, very late adopter of cool, trendy things, Nick. Like, I only just this year, because Courtney purchased it for me, got a MacBook. Like, I am not even an Apple person. Like, I am I am Wait, same. Yeah. (laughs) I got my first MacBook this last year. (laughs) Congratulations. And it's... Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the club, you guys. So it is... It's hard to justify, like, okay, here's this other thing I have to learn. Like, I learned everything already. Can I not learn anymore? (laughs) Right, right. But right. there's, like you said, uh, Courtney, you were bringing up the video I wanted to show. There seems to be a whole lot of really cool things you can do within the editing side of TikTok that I know takes a lot of time, but it also takes a lot of energy to learn. So, Courtney, you want to show that video and we can talk about what it does? Yes. Let me pull it up and Ooh, let I'm me not press which one play it? until it's up. Because, I mean, like you said, Courtney, it's one thing to just be like, here's a cool video, but it's another thing to make it what TikTok is supposed to be, which adds all those editing, you know, aspects of it. That's what makes some of it really unique. All right. Cool. So they're dancing and like their clothing starts coming on them and then their heads move and it looks like stop motion animation. Yeah. Um, it looks really, really cool. How do you do that? Yeah. Right? How See, so teaching that? moment. <laughs> Great question. And I wish I was the proper teacher for this no. moment. <laughs> so as followers may know, I do a lot of videos with my friend Kelly. She's like one of my really good friends that I made out here when I moved to LA. She and her husband, her husband Freeman, is actually the one who edited that video. Cool. Interesting. So anytime there's been like our heads blowing up or <laughs> the clothes swapping or something like that, he's done that. But I am slowly learning. He's been so patient with me wow. and has been teaching me little editing skills because I was like, you know what? If Freeman could do it, I can do it. There you like, go. <laughs> why not? Because he just taught himself. Like, he just started watching YouTube wow. tutorials. So, you know, I downloaded the same programs he did. And that's why I think I have people always ask. They're like, oh, what what effect is this? Where'd you find this on TikTok? I'm right. like, it's actually a completely separate thing. I had to download mm-hmm. Adobe onto my – that's a reason why I got a MacBook too. Download that. I do Premiere Pro, After Effects. So I literally will do the video – upload it and then you add all the effects in there so anytime you see like it's called face tracking where it like stabilizes right Uh uh-huh and moves with you okay and that's i do that all through the program oh um i was wondering how that works over yeah so it's definitely a process and i'm like learning very slowly i'm proud of myself for certain videos i have done on my own because it took me a minute Um, wait which one but you know it's just doing it back and forth i did one where there's a burger that drops on me (laughs) <laughs> I actually I did an ad for Carl's Jr. and that, that was fun. they they were like what like when I pitched them the idea I'm like what if I'm like dancing and then a burger just drops out of nowhere and they were like I don't think it's gonna work and I made it work and they loved it and yes. I'm very proud of it great job um, I'm wearing a, for it I'm wearing a yellow shirt and it's like a green background if you happen to be looking for it but yeah I'm like I'm learning things I just you know I'm even my birthday's coming up soon and I'm asking for a green screen mm. which I probably should have one Sorry. at this point anyways just from like self-tape auditions and stuff but yeah yeah because I'm like it, it does make it fun it makes it entertaining and yeah right yeah so so how cool. long do you guys think you both spend not only filming the videos like let's let's talk like content creation what am what am I gonna do mapping out like mm-hmm. if there's choreography or if there's a script so like time with that, then time to record it. How many do you take like a million takes or is it just one and done and then editing afterwards? Like how much time are you spending on these videos? Oh, too, 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 much, much. too much time. Too much. The, the answer is too much time. So like for me, I probably spend about 
30 minutes to an hour, like just ideating, like, what is, what am I going to do? Like very often I'll like bring together like a bunch of props and like discover that it's not as funny as it needs to be. And so I scratch it and do something else. (laughs) So it takes me like, you know, an hour to two hours just to like sort of get the idea of what I'm going to do. I then will do like probably 30 takes because I can't script it. But the way that like like my like comedy works, it is like sketch. It's like sketch skit comedy, you know? So I have to like, I'll just like give myself a situation. If say my, like my most recent video, like you're the dance mom walking into the studio, like knocking on the door and I'll just like see what comes out of my mouth. And then I'll be like, great. When I end up messing up, I'll stop it. And I'll take the things that I really liked from it. And I'll bring that into the next take. And I do that legitimately 30 times until I get to like a final (laughs) take that I'm like every single possible word in here is like perfectly curated so that it's like you only have 60 seconds or I guess now you have three minutes but I really do try to keep it oh wow they change the like duration you can now do a three minute tiktok but I keep it to 60 seconds because instagram reels which were 30 seconds are now 60 seconds and so trying to be very like cognizant of like being able to post on instagram as well and then the longest thing is editing. I'm like, it's just, you're just sitting there editing a video for like two and a half hours. I'm like, mine all, I'm, I'm speaking in all of them. So I want to make sure there's captions for accessibility. So I have to go through and edit all my captions. That's one of the funniest things is like the auto TikTok captions don't know that I'm saying like kids artistic review right. or like, you know what I mean? Like They're trying to find words. The way that they like spell certain things is hysterical <laughs> and I have to so like re-edit funny. all it. So it probably editing is the most, but I, I would say probably four hours for, for a video. For one video. Like for, for, for one, one minute video. second yeah. video. Oh, wow. You know? Gosh. See, this is why I can't download it. I just can't. <laughs> I don't have time in my life so, for this. Well, and, and Courtney's a perfectionist. Like I'm assuming, I mean, most of us dancers are like, so no wonder it takes that long because you just want it right. You want to get it right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and along with that too, because that's where where I'm probably doing more dancing ones. Oh my gosh, if I was talking mm-hmm. in all of mine, I'd be taking way more than thirty takes because yeah. I stutter, <laughs> I'll like you know get tongue tied and all that. But yeah, I think it just depends on the video, how difficult the dance is. If it's one I'm creating, if it's one I'm just doing a trend, because obviously it's probably easier just to learn someone else's dance than having to like create my own. Right. So that like. That's a factor in it. Also, I've realized when I do videos with other people, I don't do it as many times. And I think it's because mm-hmm. I'm like thinking about them and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like if they're, if they're going to nail it every time, then I have to nail it. Whereas right. when I do it by myself, I'm like, you know, you're just more, you're your own worst critic. So right. you sit there and I'm like, ah, I could have done it better. And the next thing you know, it's been like an hour and I'm sweating outside because yeah. I'm just doing this 15 second dance over and over and over trying to like get it perfect. And then I end up choosing one of the first takes because I was like, right. oh, I'm not as sweaty in that it's one. It's always the first take. Yeah. It's, it's always, always the first take. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a factor. And then just depending on what editing, like the face tracking, I've actually gotten a lot quicker, like better at doing it quicker. But in the beginning, it's like, you know, you're going frame by frame. Wow. So it's like, depending on how long the video is, you're sitting there oh. clicking through, having to like adjust things. And oh my God. Even my roommates, it's funny, like they'll walk in and they'll be like, because they don't really, they're not on TikTok a ton. They're dancers as well, but they'll be like, wow, this is like a lot for a TikTok. Like, right, right. Mm-hmm. Just, and I'm like, ah, oh, but it's it's hard because it's like, I'm, you know, I I like to put up quality yeah, right. videos rather than quantity. Yep. So exactly. 
To me, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. And, and your fans like have I come said, to expect it that way. Right. right. You know, if you put out something that wasn't the same level, they would be like, what's wrong with Kasha? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, it's so crazy. Just like with this whole, you know, social media world is that you do have these followers, these people that you've never met before, but right. you like want to make them happy at the same time because you're like, you're following me for a reason. So right. it's kind of, you know, keeping on top of it. So. Wow. Well, that's, that is um, mind blowing the amount of time. And I knew it was a lot of time because it has to be there's, I mean, there couldn't be any way that you just like that just happened. But here's kind of a million dollar question, pun intended. Is this something you guys are able to monetize at this moment? Or is that something you are looking towards doing? Yeah, I have, which has been so nice. Because like I said, it just happened organically. It's not like I went into this being like, I'm gonna make this a business, you know, but yeah, I think when just videos started doing well, I started having because I, I I saw people would have their emails on their mm. on their bio because sometimes like I don't know about you, Nick, but you probably see like certain messages go just go to requests, and so yeah, you just like don't see them sometimes. So yeah, I started getting emails of people being like, "Hey, like we love your videos, and we'd love you to like you know promote this product somehow." Mm. And I for a while was doing it on my own. But it was just, it's, it's hard having to promote yourself yeah. and, you know, negotiate pricing and stuff. Cause I'm like, I know nothing about this. I'm like right. dance jobs. I always had my agency take care of things. So I'm like, you know, it's like knowing your worth yeah. and you don't want to like undercut yourself. And then I ended up having someone who, or this agency who reached out to me and he had I already had talked to a friend of mine. So she like recommended him. He's been awesome. I've been working with him now for a couple months and He's just kind of taken things over for me when it comes to, you know, different brand deals and all of that. So you're like um, a social media agent. Yeah. He's like, he's a manager. A manager. So That's cool. Social media manager. And he knows what he's doing. He's been doing this for, I think he said close to 10 years now. Yeah. Works with a bunch of different, different types of influencers and stuff. And I even told him, I'm like, I, he's, he was like, okay, let's like talk about influencing. And I'm just like, ah, I don't want to be called an influencer. Like, no offense to anybody listening who is an influencer, but like, I don't know why I have this like bitter taste in my mouth when it comes to that <laughs> word. Even though as I'm learning, I'm like, it really isn't a bad thing. It's a great thing. And like, I follow influencers for a reason because, yeah, you know, yeah. For, for whatever they promote or do. So yeah, he's kind of like helped me, you know, find things that work with what I do. And then I'm able to like create things and make things my own yeah. and also you know, and it, it's nice. It's nice to be able to just like do things from home. And yeah, especially during pandemic when everything was shut down, like there's no auditions going on. I, I got my first audition probably like two weeks ago. And that was my first one. And kid you not probably like over a year and a half. Right. Yeah. Like just nothing. So yeah, yeah it's like just, you know, working from home, but sure. still having fun while doing it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and Nick, what about you? Has that has that turned into any monetization for you? It, it has. I also unexpectedly. I haven't done any brand deals because I, I haven't found the right, like I've never been like, unless it's literally, I think like a dance competition or convention, right. I right. don't think it's like, like I'm not going to promote a water bottle. Do you know sure. what I mean? It is like, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. But like, I would say like the, the TikTok creator fund is like, I was shocked. Like I was legitimately in like shocked about how much you can actually monetize purely based on views and that they're actually rewarding creators for like getting views and, and having viral videos. And I think that's, if you compare it to 10 years ago, like you could never, you couldn't make money on YouTube. You couldn't make money creating any content. You were just doing it for like the heck of it. And now to like actually people can make livings on the app. Yeah. 
So yeah, I've monetized it a little bit and, and it's been lovely like to have as well as just like during a pandemic when the arts have been hit harder than any industry. What an amazing thing. Totally. And I'm sure that your reach has grown, not just in monetization, but opportunities as well for your career. Like an opportunity like this to join us on the podcast and different yeah. ways to you <laughs> right. know, expose yourself <laughs> to the world. So have you been approached for any like dance related jobs or things like that because of your TikTok following? I mean, a little bit. I've I've gotten gotten some like some podcasts things. I've gotten features in, you know, like Dance Spirit magazine mm-hmm. and like the the thing that happens more is like I have mom like dance moms who like yell at me in parking lots <laughs> a lot. Like the people who are like, Are you the guy from TikTok? Oh God, and they cute. just like shout at me from That's across. <laughs> so like I don't think I've gotten many like dance related ones because I'm not dancing on my profile but it's totally been great for exposure it's it's been helpful for instagram like my instagram following has obviously increased and my engagement there has increased and also i just like met a lot of really lovely like i've met up with tiktokers in person which is the (laughs) strip like and you you do that all the time because like you collab with people but i've been like oh hi like we're in the same sort of like comedy arts realm like and we've met in person in New York. And like, it's nice to make new friends, yeah. you know, yeah. who we're going through, who are like going through the same weird journey we are with TikTok. <laughs> I love to hear that. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I know. And it is weird because it's weird getting like recognized just from the social media app. Because I'm like, I would no way put my put myself on any level as like a celebrity. Like, I'm like, I'm just a dancer who makes silly videos like that's it <laughs> yeah but like I just flew in from Dallas and while I was there I got a cowboy hat so I'm at the airport wearing my huge cowboy hat I looked ridiculous with a mask and I had this guy standing in front of me and he kind of like does one of these things that looks over his shoulder and he's like are you a dancer and I'm like yeah he was like <laughs> I follow you and I'm like oh he, he's God. like Kasha right like it was so crazy wow and even the fact that he recognized me just right yeah. from my eyes mm-hmm. like that's when I'm like, holy cow, this is crazy to like, see who's where it's like going and who's seeing all your videos. But to answer your question, I have, I've had some great opportunities because of it. I've booked some dance jobs through it. Like people have been like, Oh, I saw your video. And then I started following you on Instagram and then saw other things. So I've booked things for that little like ads, like how, how I mentioned commercial related thing. I even I had a producer, this was so random, because I don't talk in a ton of my videos, but this producer reached out to me about a new Netflix series that they're making. And he was like, Hey, like it's based off of this book and the character that I wrote, like I, I imagined her looking just like you. Like because of a looks thing. And I ended up meeting up with him and I like listened to the whole book. And he basically like was asking me like, if I was be interested in like, you know, reading for it. And like, even though I'm like, I've only done like (laughs) this much acting, I've taken two acting classes. And I don't know if anything will even happen with that. But that like never would have happened without, you know, this outreach of all the social media stuff. So it's crazy. It's crazy world. And just how Nick was saying me with uh, meeting up with other people. I feel so weird being in my 20s, reaching out to somebody being like, hey, do you want to meet up and make a dance? Like, <laughs> right. Am I 12? Yeah, you want to come over and play? How I feel. <laughs> yeah. That's how, and I'm glad they feel the same because like yeah. you kind of meet up and you're like, what's up? And you have like your duffel bag with like different clothes and our tripod right. and we're just like finding a background to film a video <laughs> right, somewhere. Right. But 
It's a play date. It, yeah. It's, it's a, a play date. Play and it, I've made so many friends through it. And that's what's crazy to think that you can make friends over social media. And obviously, you know, you want to be safe and you don't want to ever put yourself in a sketchy situation. So always meet in public, no matter your age or who they are. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's crazy. Crazy world for sure. I think that you guys are celebrities though, because I think that like TikTok is oh, is God. like television <laughs> for like this generation. Like I just yeah, watched the, sure. that Nickelodeon documentary so that's on Hulu mm-hmm. that was about so like that was my childhood was watching all these shows on Nickelodeon. And I'm like, who actually sits down and watch television anymore? Like you watch Netflix and or- you are on your phone on social media. Like that is our television. That is the content that we take in and you now you can follow who you want to follow and like watch channels of people who excite you like that i think to me that's why people recognize you in the airport like that's why you are noticed because you're at the fingertips of people on if you're posting daily they get a daily dose of you as a person every day and i think that there's a big disconnect with when it comes to like tv anymore like we might not be like celebrity movie star status but like in the dance world in the social media world you're kind of celebrity status honestly y'all so yay for that i just had like one or two more final questions and it's more so on how tiktok has influenced the dance world and specifically dance studios like something that i feel like that i've seen a lot of is because tiktok is the new craze and especially when it kind of launched during the pandemic or slightly before the pandemic or gained popularity during the pandemic, so many even non-dancers are now obviously on TikTok and are being exposed to dance on TikTok and all the trends and, you know, different things that dancer, like non-dancers don't even know how to dance, but they're learning these dance moves, right? So it's been a great thing for our dance community and our dance industry, I feel, as far as business goes. But then there's a lot of studios who are feeling the pressure of creating like TikTok dance classes at their dance studios. I don't know if you've heard. Really? Yeah. Like, oh my God. It, and it's, it's on the forums a lot. A lot of dance teachers are like, should I include this? Like we're getting new business and kids are coming in and they're saying, I want to learn TikTok dances. So there's like a class at studios that's dedicated to learning TikTok dances. And I'm sure that the dance teachers are hoping to like, gain new dancers out of it like if they love to learn tiktok dances then maybe they'll sign up for ballet class and jazz class and hip-hop class or whatever it is so what are your guys thoughts on that i mean <laughs> i'm trying reaction. to i'm literally just trying to process that information <laughs> that I is know. so bonkers to me but it also completely makes sense like i think that tiktok in the same way that so you think you can dance brought it dance into so many homes in such a positive way like tiktok has done that and like it is so cool to see non-dancers dancing and like, you know, I'm like literally <laughs> unable to process the concept of a TikTok class. Like I'm trying to picture like people like doing the- Learning savage. Like, learning savage, <laughs> yeah. like in front of a mirror with like a professional teacher. Right. But I also do see why people would want that. And like, you know, dance studios are small business owners. Like you do whatever you can to to stay open, especially during a pandemic. So I don't think that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> It's so crazy because my, I actually have a couple friends who are dance teachers here in LA and their studios are currently doing that. Like during pandemic, my friend would go to someone's house. I think she had like five students, five or six students that would come. And it was literally just an hour of TikTok dances. 
And she was, my friend was reaching out to me being like, yeah. Hey, I'm not like super familiar with TikToks. So, like what are like the trending dances? Right. And she would literally learn the dances and then just teach them because, you know, as dancers, I think it's really easy. Like I can set up my phone and watch it a few times right. and I can pick it up from the screen where people who aren't dancers, they can't even do that in person sometimes. Mm, right. So trying to learn something from a screen, like I get it. I don't know how I feel about it. I feel a little hesitant. It's just, it feels weird. Like to me, I'm like, when I think of a studio, it's like you're going to really invest in dancing and learning the technique and the art behind it. And not saying that TikTok isn't that, but where TikTok are these 15 little second dances and it's a lot of like punching and kind of honestly kind of awkward moves. Like sometimes they don't even flow, but it's just, mm -hmm. it looks fun. So it's like, it, it's a weird thought, but I do get it where if it's like, oh, if it could bring in new students and then potentially they like find, that's how they find their love for dance. Exactly. They could be like, oh wait, this is actually really fun. I want to, they see, you know, a hip hop class going on and they're like, that looks cool. I want to do that right. now. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it exactly. It's, it's, it's weird. <laughs> I know it is. It is kind of weird. When I, when I saw people posting questions like that, like in like a dance teacher forum or a studio owner forum, I'm like, wait, hold on. Like I'm so disconnected from TikTok because I still don't, I still have not downloaded it that I was like, well, I know the kids love it, but I can't believe that we're going to like use this as a business opportunity to you know, learn the dances. Right. But like, like you said, I mean, it's smart for a dance teacher to teach the dances to someone else. They're going to be able to teach it quicker than a, a kid's going to try to learn it off of a video. I mean, let's be real. Learning anything off a of video yeah. is hard, even for dancers and totally. professionals. So if someone can teach the movement and the kids. Yeah. And where it's, you know, that's kind of like, it's just a, it's like a social activity yeah. now that people do. Like, which in a way, I actually, I do love this. Like, even though I don't like the idea of like sitting there scrolling and being glued to your phone. Like I've even said, I'm like, oh, if I had kids right now, I wouldn't let them have a, have mm -hmm. a TikTok or social media until, I don't know, until they're a little bit older. But something that's good is I'm like, at least they're like getting up and moving yeah. and not just sitting there playing video games. Like they're using different, you know, parts of their brain that they probably haven't used before. And they're sweating. Like it's, they're doing an activity. I don't know. I think I'm just like trying to imagine learning it in a studio, but right. Oh, I think I'm just going along with it being a social thing. Like I'm sure they see their friends, like especially kids who are in like elementary school or something at recess, like yeah. they're learning these dances and they might feel dumb. They might be like, Oh, like, I don't know how to dance and I can't join in with this. So maybe if I learn it beforehand, right. then I can, you know, be like, Hey, let's make this together. Exactly. Yeah. But I know it's crazy to think, but that's the world we're living in. And I think that with like, as we finish up this combo and we like circle back around to like how we started and kind of talking about our first introductions to dance and social media and being MySpace and p particularly YouTube before Instagram started having a lot of viral videos and things like that. Like we looked up to those dancers that we saw on that platform. And now there's mm -hmm. multiple platforms that non-dancers can watch dancers. Dancers can look up to other dancers. And I think that no matter what, if you love or hate TikTok, no matter what, it's a great thing for our dance industry to expose dance to more people. So many people knock dancers for whatever. Oh, that's not that's not a real career or that like, oh, you're just doing that for fun or whatever they want to say about dance in general. But it's like we have two TikTok stars who are making a living on TikTok and it has helped launch their career and opened up new opportunities for them. And this is all through social media, all from your home. 
got to just invest in a, a nice camera, a few editing softwares, and a, a lot of time. And boom, you can be a TikTok star too if you really want to. <laughs> to all my future TikTok creators out there. And maybe I'll download right. the app after this episode. Maybe we'll see. Oh my gosh, to be so honored. But with that said, <laughs> with that said, just how you were saying, like, you know what? Yeah, download TikTok. You could do this. I feel like my best advice would be just, just do you. Be authentic. Like, don't force it. I feel like if you're forcing it, that's what, I don't know. One, it just isn't fun. And I think viewers will see that. Like, it's like, just do whatever, like kind of finding your thing. Like Nick's thing is, you know, <laughs> the dance moms and the dance competition world and everything. And it's just finding your thing that, that works and that feels good. And as long as you're like having fun while doing it, then like other people will see that through the screen and, you know, it can take off from there. So yeah. Couldn't that's agree, just, could not agree yeah. more. Like cre if you want to create, create things that make you happy and like make the process of that something that you love to do. You know, I think one of the special things about being a content creator is that for the most part, like you, you do what you love. Like, this is so cool. Like how cool we get to get paid. Like Kaja gets paid to dance on the internet. Like that is so cool. <laughs> like it is such a unique opportunity. And so it shouldn't feel like work. It should feel like, oh, I, I really get to do something awesome that I love to do. And that makes other people smile. And it just happens to, to get paid to do that. You know what I mean? So do it if it makes you happy. That's all it is. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode all about social media and TikTok. Thank you to our fabulous TikTok stars and guests, Kasha and Nick, for joining us on the pod. Be sure to follow them on TikTok and on Instagram at Kasha underscore Campbell and Nick Silverio. Don't forget to follow Making the Impact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts. If you love the info you get from Making the Impact and want to support our podcast, you can buy us a coffee on Ko-fi now. Every donation helps us bring you the quality episodes you expect from Making the Impact, and we truly appreciate your support. You can click the link in the show notes now to donate to our podcast. Be sure to check out IDA-affiliated competition, GEMS Dance Competition. GEMS Dance Competition is a fresh dance event created by studios for studios. Their goal from day one was to change the norm of the competitive dance industry. GEMS guarantees to provide an educational, professional, and fun environment at every event for you, your staff, your students, and your entire dance family. With full panels of IDA judges at every event and locations throughout the Midwest, we highly recommend adding GEMS dance competition to your 2022 competition schedule. Learn more and register now at dancegems.com and come show your sparkle at GEMS Dance Competition. Season three of Making the Impact is going strong with some excellent episodes coming your way. Stay tuned for overstretching and flexibility and an episode all about dance conventions. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, keep dancing.